0: Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gym located in Anaconda, Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close. The Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey, is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state of the art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406 563 5989 and be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year round. Old Works Golf Course a gem of the treasure state located in Anaconda, Montana.
1: Well, it's, it's uh, great to be back in a game week here. I, I know, uh, we utilize the bye week well, um, uh, you know, there's a piece to it that's healing up. There's a, there's a piece to going out recruiting and then, you know, in between you're just continuing to try to build depth, sharpen skills, all those type of things, um, with some young guys, some backups probably in particular. So, uh, good to have the bye week behind us at the same time and, and on to another game week here. And I think, you know, uh, looking back at our Portland state, um, game, you know, I think we felt, uh, that was going to be a challenge. Um, and it was in its own right. And I think, you know, we were forced into having to play, uh, um, a really good second half to to pull away from them. And I think Portland state's got a good team and that was, uh, that was, that was the result. Uh, but it did test us that day. Um, you know, and I think our guys responded in that second half. So, so moving forward out of the bye, we have Cal Poly. Um, Cal Poly is a team you know that has suffered three conference losses now, but you can see them as a as a program that's continuing to build from the ground up. Um, you know, Coach Wolf taking over from Coach Baldwin um, is part of that. Uh, Coach Wolf was on the staff. You know, they had a, a pretty extreme turnover as far as just uh, scheme philosophy all those things when coach Baldwin took the took the job and and that takes time um you know and, and what you see is a, a group that keeps playing um and they've had a they've had a tough stretch of opponents at the same time so you know we're looking forward to this game on on Saturday um looking forward to be in front of our fans again uh you know continuing to move along as far as what what can we do each week to to make ourselves a better team? And this would be a great opportunity to, to do that.
2: So but that'll open up. Um is there maybe advantage is the wrong word, but is there any benefit to having a bye week at the kind of at the midpoint season as opposed to later on?
1: Yeah, you know, we've been week nine the last two years. Um being week six, I think you could justify it either way. Uh I think where we're at this year, it, it suited us better. Um, week six, you know, when you're you're going through a week where you don't play and you're, you're wanting guys to return to have one of those weeks be a, a week where you don't have a game, I think is a good thing. Um, so, yeah. And I think on the recruiting side, um, having it be early October, as opposed to, you know, late October, early November, I think, I think it was more advantageous for us to have that week this week uh, on that side as well. So, you know, you make the best of it. You don't really determine when your bye week is going to be, but uh, I think for us, this uh, was well-timed
2: um, you know, just looking back at the first five games, I guess, how would you evaluate your teams at at this point?
1: Well, I think we're better, uh, than we were in August. Um, you know, that's, you know, guys continuing to prove themselves, um, you know, position groups within our team continuing to gain traction to, uh, show improvement. Um, you know, and I think our, our depth hasn't been extremely tested at this point, but I do think it when it has been tested it we've responded. Um, you know, I look, Offensively, um, you know, I think we still got plenty of things to to work through, but you know, our O line's playing, I think, really well. I think we've established a, a running back running game. Um, you know, I think uh, in the passing game, you know, we've got some elements back, and we'll continue to as as the season goes on. Uh, so I think we have made some strides there. You know, defensively, um, you know, we've talked a lot about our secondary, that was the unproven area, and I think that group is really come on and I think our front sevens played played really well uh, special teams wise you know we haven't had the the return game show up a whole lot but either as the other team we've covered quite well And know I, I think through five games I think Brendan's shown where he can be you know a, a real weapon um, you know he's kicked off particularly well he hasn't pun a whole lot and you know and outside of that Weber game he has plays kick very well so yeah I think we've made good progress uh, you know whatever our expectations were, that doesn't really matter. I think you look at the progress we've made and then you lay, lay out kind of what we need to continue to do moving forward. So Tommy, be back on the uh, depth chart, can you speak to kind of like yeah. the bye week Yeah. And I, you numbers? know, him is, or I think he's, he's, he's going to be available. You know, what, what and how that looks like I think will be a continued work in progress for this week. Um, he has made, you know, considerable progress just moving around, but, uh, you know, getting to go ahead to move around and and the conditioning aspect. Um, you know, I think that's something me, there's something to be said for that because um Tommy Millot is a highly tuned uh athlete when he's when he's healthy and, and getting him kind of back to that uh that place, you know, as you know, when you're immobile for a couple weeks, um, you know, that's that's the progress I guess we're continuing to make, but definitely available at this point.
0: I uh may I may have missed this, but I saw Scott was on a a scooter with a boot, uh, any, uh, update on his injury over the
1: last Yeah. Time? Uh, was non-surgical. Um, you know, we've had, um, you think about Langs, Lane Sumner, those injuries aren't too, too far apart. Lane, you know, Lane has surgery. Scatchery doesn't have to. Um, so he, you know, he won't be available this week. I didn't list him. Um, I think there's potential in the weeks to come. Um, you know, Jacob Trimble would fall in that same boat. Um, similar type of injury, no surgery um, availability these next couple of weeks. We're hopeful for that.
2: Um, Sorry, just that you mentioned laying there, what's his timetable as far as return?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think these next couple of weeks will be when he turns the corner, um, you know, in their steps. Turning the corner is being able to first run. And then start changing direction, um, you know, getting the, the go ahead for that. So I don't, as far as a particular game right now, I don't know what that looks like. But I think through the through the next couple of weeks, um, he'll be taking some really good steps. And, you know, I'm hopeful, um, you know, we turn the page in the November uh, that he could be
2: available then. Yeah. Like seen seen taco
1: catching passes i guess what's his what's his situation like yeah tacos uh um he's he's moved along quite well in particular i think the last month um you know he went uh went through a stretch where it's, it's pretty slow as far as your progress with a shoulder um surgery like that but i think as of late i think it's really started to turn the corner so availability will will be there um you know and i it's, it's right around the corner, but we're really trying to ramp them up as far as just the conditioning side of things more than anything. Um,
2: looking at Cal Poly um, brought in Sandy, you were the quarterback. quarterback. What What have you seen from him so far this
1: season? Well, he hasn't played the last couple games. I, I know, um, you know, he's, uh, he's got a really good arm and it, it, it can be prolific on the passing side. Uh, they played Kelly the last couple of games in his absence. Um, Kelly's got more m- mobility. So if Heward's available um, this week, and they'll have a decision to make, you know, two different quarterbacks. I think they both have, you know, they have about the same number of attempts right now um, in the passing passing side. And I think Kelly, like I said, gives a little bit more uh, mobility, all those things. Um, I would suspect they would go back to Heward if he's available. Um, but but yeah, I think he was a he was adapting, then goes out that second quarter of the Portland State game and he hasn't played since. Um and I mean adapting, he's this is the first time he's played really. You know, he hasn't he didn't play a lot of Washington, but was highly touted, obviously. Um comes from a long line of quarterbacks, you know, in his family. So there's there's definitely there's ability there um in a competitive nature, I'm certain. Um and I think
2: it's just kind of big picture of what you've seen from their offense, you know, just
1: well, they like to throw it obviously you know, a bunch more than they they will run it. Uh, they they do have, I think, very capable receivers, big um, big targets, um, a variety of them at the same time. Um, so they've spread it around. Um, you know, last year they were a little bit more skewed towards Coleman. Um, he was one of the better receivers in the league. Um, you know, so right now their their receptions are a little bit more spread out. But you know what you what you do. You know, what you got to do is you got to get them in. Certain passing situations, even though they pass as much as they do. And when when that's uh, when that time's there, we got to rush the passer. And, and you know, um, if we can hold the running game to. Um, to very little, you do that, you make them completely one dimensional and, um, you know, that's that's what we aim to do, but they are more than capable of uh, you know putting up yards and production in the passing
2: game. Um, and then defensively, I know 14, is kind of one of the top guys. Yeah, Have you seen that side of the
1: ball? No, like he jumps out at you right away. Um, you know, really good length, athleticism. Um, five sacks at this point. Uh, you know, you can see they're they're coming on uh, as far as personnel goes on defense. Uh, you know, I think they cover well at the corner position. Their linebackers are very active. Um, you know, they've uh, they mix up their fronts. Uh, you know, kind of based on what you do. You know, I would imagine we'll see a lot of guys down there like we typically do. Uh, but no, they have, uh, they have some guys that are starting to make, you know, I think, think some real progress and even reading, you know, through coach Wolf's I think uh, comments out of these last couple of games, I, I would say their mindsets continuing to evolve in a positive manner, you know, and, and um, you know, credit to to him for, uh, for that. I, you know, I think it's, you know, it, when you, but when you turn over like they have as far as scheme and, and roster and type of players and all that, that is a that is a long process. And I know Coach Baldwin got it got it started and, and Coach Wolf is is taking it on. I think because he believes that uh you know Cal Poly is a place that he can have similar success that he's had um in his career before. Anything else in the room? Um uh, oh I guess just one three. Um
2: uh-huh. Blake excuse me, Blake trade. he had that early TFL last last week. I guess what have you seen from him through these first five games?
1: Yeah, real real consistent play. I, I, I know we felt like Blake had a good year last year. Um we felt like he could be more impactful. Um and he's done that. Um he's, he's you know, in, in those type of plays, getting into the backfield, um, wreaking havoc. I, I think that's what those interior positions need to be about. So he's maybe not just accumulating all kinds of stats, but he's really impacting the game and and, and, and that's that's been there all year out of Blake. And, you know, I think Sebastian the same. So, you know, and I think getting Paul brought back in there is, is help because Paul has you know, like very similar ability to uh, Blake Schmidt at that nose guard position. So then Blake Hale, you know, I think credit to Blake. He's a, uh, Blake Hale's hung in there through uh, a lot these first, his first two years with us. And now, you know, I think reaping the benefits of just uh, patience and being a little healthier, this go around. So, you know, we're getting there with that, that interior, you um, Grouping, but uh, Sebastian Blake Schmidt certainly are leading up.
2: I'm curious at the top ladder half of your schedule. Can you just talk about? You know, you talk about the human nature of portal How are you staying Cal Poly this week uh, with so many great games? You know, well, I
1: think mean, it's all that's all you look at. I I, I know um, with the bye week, I think it even dials in a little bit more. Uh, you know, you just want to get back out and play. I think that's that's what the bye week kind of does to you. It's it's great to have the bye week, but by the middle of it you just want to get back out and play whoever's coming your way and it happens to be Cal Poly and and I think our guys you know recognize that that uh you know this team has has ability they maybe that maybe hasn't quite clicked but uh they have ability and I think you know looking at our la- our last game kind of the same conversation conversation you know Portland State beat Cal Poly but you know they also lost a couple of games so you can't you can't get caught up in the scores and all that kind of stuff and you certainly can't uh get caught looking, looking ahead weeks down the road. I know that much
3: Victor,
0: do you have anything? Yeah, hey Brent, um, just a couple questions uh, about Sam Mix. I'm doing a story on him. Um, I guess just first off, I mean, um, how do you feel like he has performed as a coach? What have you liked about him uh, so far? What have you what you been impressed of him so far as uh, the running backs coach? Yeah, uh, you know,
1: really uh, moved moved in wealth to that position. I felt like you know, when hiring him, we had a guy that had been in the program. Um, a couple of years had uh, certainly seen how we want to do things, uh, as far as you know, just with our players on the field, um, and then on the recruiting side, you know, knew, knew that uh, you know that he had a had a real good way with young young kids, as far as the young you know high school kids and, and getting to know them and really working hard, and then being from the the, the Seattle area you know, was excited about, uh, that, that tie in really being his first time as a full-time recruiter. So been really pleased with, uh, his efforts on the field with that group, communicating with them. I know anytime you're coaching a position like running back and, and one guy is out there at a time, you know, the biggest thing is that you're, you're te- you're teaching them obviously, but you're communicating where they're at, what they, what they need to do better, but then what their expectations could be. So managing that, uh, that group so far has been—I've been really pleased—and uh, like I said, on the recruiting side, I, I think what I expected um, has uh, has proven. You know, we'll we'll sign a group of guys down the road here in December, but um, you know, I think we've really done a good job in that Seattle footprint with with Sam taking the lead there. Yeah, was he one of the Scotch recruiters?
3: One of the main guys there?
1: Uh, well, Brian Armstrong had that area. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know. Sam was uh, was an off the field, so you know, a kid from Seattle comes in um, and you know spends time here on campus. That's when when Sam would have an opportunity to to be around him. So I, I think in that regard he, he certainly did. I know uh, with with Junior Alexander, um, kind of same thing, but certainly a different story as far as his recruiting, but uh, you know Sam certainly helped in that manner and you know, well, I think it'll be a, continue to be an area that's that's good for us.
0: The last one for me is just you know his experience as a receiver and mainly as a receiver's coach. How do you think that um, kind of affected how he's coached and, and maybe some of the the pluses um, with being you know from that position coming into running backs?
1: Yeah, I think I think the element uh, that you bring with with that starting skill set, I guess, is just I think the obvious would be on the on the the route side, the passing side. But you know, I always believe. You know, you can coach, you can coach, you can move around position-wise. Um, and I do think he had a real confidence in moving to that running back position, even though there's a, there's several things that we asked those two positions t- that are very different. Um, so I think it helped um, in, in some regard. But I, you know, I, I just, I had a good feeling that, you know, that he could take over that room um, and, and continue to move it forward. And, you know, I, I feel like he's done that.
2: Member FDIC. Thanks, Brent. Yeah.
0: Coulter, do you have anything? Yeah, hey Coach, a couple from me. We've talked about the, the under center stuff you guys have been doing from a, a schematic point of view, but just from a pure fundamental point of view, has there been any challenges there, or, or did Justice Perkins know how to do that? Sean Chambers knew how to do that already.
1: Well, you, we're not, ex- you know, like we go through spring ball and fall camp. We're not exclusively in the gun or in pistol. You know, we we work um, under center at times, uh, but certainly the volume grew. And I, I so, so to, your, to your question, I think, you know, justice, um, perfectly fine with it. Um, and, you know, in, in some sense, I think snapping the ball to a guy under center takes a load off. Um, it's, it's, it is a, a more natural, uh, I think, skill for those guys, um, you know, just firing off the ball and all that. And then, you know, Sean had a quite a wealth of experience from his time at Wyoming. And, you know, we've tried to build up Tommy's under center over time, too. He was primarily, uh, almost exclusively, a, a gun guy at, at Butte High and, and really had been that so far in his career. So, you know, we don't want to just be limited to, you know, Sean's the only guy that will be under center. Um, but I do think, you know, it. Sometimes there's a real advantage to the running back the way he gets the ball. Um, his vision can be a little bit different. Uh, you know, I think certainly the way that the defense um, the second level defenders in particular view it and what they see, I think we can do a lot of the same things, not our asking alignment to do anything different, but then we can give the uh, you know, the defenders quite a bit different look. So yeah, we'll continue to, to mix it in, but uh, yeah, not this crazy departure. It wasn't like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we said, "You know what? We're going to completely shift gears here." It had been been part of our fundamental base.
0: Was there a moment that you, that you realized exactly what you just said? All the, all the different advantages that can come from being variable in that element.
1: Well, I think uh, you know we get to be in a little bit more of that outside zone, combined with the the naked, the getting out of pocket play action game. I think any, any coach would say that that's a harder piece to defend. And then I I know, I think in particular, when we looked at that Weber game plan um, the things we did against them, uh, you know, last year to get out of the edge, um, how can we in some ways replicate it, but make it look completely different to them. And I think that was probably that that transformational stage. And um, I know we joked a little bit about it with, with the 49ers, but I mean, you know, as a coach, you you pay attention, Um, you know, whether it's the 49ers, Dolphins probably in particular, I, you know, watch the Bills, they're under center a bunch more now. So, you know, I think it makes you just think about things, rethink some things, Um, you know, and wanting to build more of a down the field play action game. Um, You want to be able to draw the defense up. I mean, the second, you know, that second and third level defenders. So I think it all, goes together i don't know if there was any particular aha moment but it's something when off season wise we had talked about it and it's just uh you know this was the time kind of weaver game was a kind of time and place to implement it
0: interesting thinking back to the cal poly game last year because coming into that game you guys were so banged up and then it didn't matter you still went out and scored 72 points so what do you remember about that? What do you remember about guys just kind of stepping up and, and being so good in that game?
1: Yeah, yeah. We come off uh, that Northern Arizona win, um, which we obviously we squeaked out and it took everything. And, yeah, we were we were a little banged up going out there. Um, you know, that was game 10 for us last year. No different than game six. You, you're still just trying to say, what can we do to keep getting better? You know, that point in time, um, you know, we would have been sitting on – eight, nine wins was nine wins. Right. Um, eight, eight wins, I guess. Yeah. Eight wins. So, you know, I think we felt like the playoffs were in front of us. We're a ways away from that right now, but that game, you know, everything kind of came together. I think we had had 50 some points in the first, first half. I know, uh, big plays galore. Uh, Um, obviously had the big game that day. Um, and he ran, ran wild. So, you know, I, yeah, to your, to your point, I think our guys just responded well, um, to that trip to playing at night, um, and coming off a really emotional victory the week before.
0: And Marky listed number one on the depth chart this week. Is there anything to that? I mean, I, I know he was so successful against Cal Poly last year.
1: Well, I, you know, we've, I, we want to keep getting him involved, in, and unfortunately, we've seen some good kickers, so he hasn't got a lot of opportunity on the kick return side. So, you know, hopefully, that that there's some opportunities there. But offensively, I think here and there. Um, small doses we've gotten on the ball. I know we want to, you know, keep expanding that. Um, you know, him moving up to that one spot is really reflective of Trimble being out this week as much as anything, but he's always hanging there, whether it's uh, he's listed number one or not. He's a, he's obviously a weapon that we would like to utilize. And um, you know, at the same time, he's not necessarily running back. He's not necessarily a receiver. He is a returner, but then on offense, what is he? I think he's just a guy that's got to get some touches and, and, you know um, that hasn't happened a lot to this point, but I think as we move into the second half, we gotta continue to up that uh, that that total.
0: You mentioned the two quarterbacks with Howard being out the last couple of weeks and Bo Kelly. To me, when I watch them, they look a lot different. So do you have to prepare for two sort of different types of offenses this week?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I know we've talked about that before. Um, you know, opening games sometimes, but here you sit in the middle of the year with with anticip you know anticipation that the previous guy will be back while the guy that's replaced him has had some relative success and is, is quite a bit different. Um, you know, I I think the mobility piece between the two is, is certainly one thing, um, you know, with Kelly, they, they probably try to do some things that highlight that piece. And with, with you they're going to, you know, have some more capability to, to throw it down the field, I guess. So, yeah, you, you gotta be ready for, we gotta be ready for both. And I, I think, uh, You know, it still comes back to, okay, what do they do in the run game? That's primarily been running back oriented. Um, So what do we do to stop that? And on the passing side, how do how do um, because it's, you know, it's about even with their attempts. How do they differ and what does that look like? So, you know, having a few extra days of practice to um, to expand what you work on um, is certainly to our advantage um, given this scenario.
0: I also want to ask you about Sebastian Valdez. We've written about him a lot, but, I mean, it, now that he's a junior, it seems like he's come a long ways just in terms of the leadership part of it as well. So how you, have you seen him grow, and, and, I mean, how important is it? I mean, it seems like he is sort of the, the key cog in the middle of a, a, a big unit for you guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't uh, necessarily say a whole lot, um, but but is a leader, and he's a leader with how he has you know, continued to um, chase after what is a really high ceiling. You know, I, I think it was easy to see when he played in, in 21 that here's a guy that could really be special. Um, and that doesn't always mean a guy is gonna become special. And, and I think he's continued to take the steps um in the offseason to uh to chase that mark. And then, you know, I think with uh, with this consistency to this point, it's apparent on on all these Saturdays, you know, he's been really dialed in because I think he knows that um we have high expectations of him. Um, I, I know he knows that, and he's got a high standard that, that he set for himself. And, and I think that piece as much as anything, um, is such a, a, a fine example for, for the rest of the guys in that room. Um, you know, just the work ethic. And then, you know, when Sebastian says something, you know, it, it's coming from a place that, uh, he means what he says, you know, uh, I, I think that those type of leaders are very important to have on your team. Um, so, no, we need a big second half of the season from him. There's no doubt about it. But I know we've already talked about Blake Schmidt a little bit. But those two those two getting in the backfield um, can light a fire as quickly as anything else on our
3: defense. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again.
1: Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana.
3: Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs.
1: Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the pump it up rewards plus app today
3: or visit townpumpcom rewards to register and start saving.
0: And Sebastian's so physically impressive. How do you go about then translating that on the football field though? Sometimes you see it. Sometimes you don't. He's doing it right now.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you know, a continued battle with technique. You know, you're, you, you you can't just go out there and, and see ball, get ball from a three technique, or a defensive tackle position. You have to really be a technician. And I think that's been, that's been something, you know, here's, here's this really good to to great interior player. Um, but our coaches are coaching him like he's a freshman as far as the technique goes, both uh, coach John Baptiste and coach Howe, Um, you know, I think that's that constant message for that whole group, you know, uh, they're coaching Sebastian Brody and Blake is everybody as hard as those guys that are in that next wave, as far as just what, what the technique is and what it means to their level of success and what it means, you know, for them to be in the right gap. And, and, and that might not be on this particular play that I'm going to make a play, but someone else, someone else is. So get a lot of credit to the two, two position coaches in that, that room uh, of D lineman for just constantly harping on those guys what the expectation is, what it's supposed to look like, and not letting them just go out there and play ball. I think that's the that's a tendency for really talented players just to go out and play ball and try to make plays for himself, and that's um, that's not what this defensive line is doing right now.
0: It also seems like he, I mean, he's been an all league player already, and he still has a lot of room to grow. So that's probably pretty uh, great thought for you, and scary thought for the rest of the league.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, I was clear to me a couple of years ago um, probably in that first spring that uh, that's that's the type of guy we need at that position that that position in, in our defense is as important as as any other um, that guy being able to to do do things one-on-one at times but then be able to just uh, probably attract as much attention as they, they attract um, then that's then our defense is doing the things that uh, we needed to so you know, I, I really credit him for uh, for seeing that vision along with us coaches, um, continuing to get better, continuing to get bigger and stronger and more impressive physically, um, and then continue just to dial in, you know, on, on everything that he needs to do to become the very best he can before he walks out of here. And I, you know, I, I think we're on the right track.
0: Last one for me. What, what have you thought of just the collective focus of your group so far? It, it seems when I talk to them, they're very focused.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think um, I think they know what they want, um, and at the same time, we're living in the moment. I, I think there's such a key component there. Um, you get too far ahead of yourself with anything you're going to get it sidetracked. Um, our guys have really been able to, to, to live in the moment. we obviously talk about it a lot, but more just them. Demonstrating that on a daily basis and, you know, being able to go out there, um, on a Tuesday last week, in the bye week and really practice hard and then follow it up with a Wednesday. And, you know, I think that's, that's a sign you're looking for. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, they understand every day matters, every rep matters in practice. Um, you know, and I think we got a big enough group of experienced guys that have been through quite a bit. That, you know, they they see a younger guy that, that maybe isn't quite following suit. And I know that we have this a lot, but they're not afraid to make sure that's straightened out. Um, so it's not just a coaches preaching that. So, you know, I think our our, our group of leaders, um, they are they're living, you know, in the in the moment. They're demonstrating the way it's supposed to be done, and. Um, have have continued that all through the calendar year, really. I think that's that's the biggest thing. This didn't just start when we got to the the, the football season. This goes back to this existence, I guess, goes back to January.
3: Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again.
1: Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana.
3: Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs.
2: Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today.
3: Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Tom!